والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم My dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I would like to welcome you all again to this blessed day of Jum'ah. I don't have to welcome you. Allah has bestowed it upon all of us as a ni'mah, barakah, and a great day of coming together, alhamdulillah. Uh, two things that I want to bring to your attention. The first one is very easy. Um, we welcome the month of, uh, which month is it? Are you sure? Rajab, right? He's just, just wanting to make sure you're awake. And Ramadan is only a few days away, a month away. Inshallah. Let's see where you are. How many months? He says four. Yeah, Allah, I don't know when he's going to be fasting. I think you're going to be fasting in December. Very short time. Uh, but for, uh, it's only two months away. Allahu Akbar. Prophet used to welcome Rajab and Shaban. And he used to say, Ya Allah, make it possible for me to witness Ramadan. Um, so we do the same. We make dua that Allah accepts it, say Ameen. <clears throat> and we will inshallah talk more and more as we get closer and closer to Ramadan. We are already getting excited. Today, I also want to bring to your attention another day. Not from a hadith of Rasulullah not from the verses of the Quran, but human beings have come together and decided that they want to celebrate International Women's Day today. I think it's a great thing, and I think we should all welcome any day when we can honor one another with our honor and dignity that Allah has given all of us. We should welcome any day, every day. Brothers and sisters, today I want to talk about this particular topic, topic which is one of my favorite, as you probably know. There are reasons why it's my favorite. Allah Azza wa Jal created man and woman as co-partners on this earth. He did not create man superior and woman inferior. Though some people like to translate the verse nisa, to mean exactly that. Actually, it doesn't mean that. nisa means men are responsible for providing, shouldering the responsibilities of their family. An imam was giving a lecture at home, uh, in his masjid and he said, Allah on the day of judgment will ask you all about your burden. So make sure you carry your burden very well. So he went home, walked inside the house and he picked up his wife and started walking around the house. His wife said to him, what's the matter? Why are you carrying me for a change? He said, my imam told me to carry my burden and I am. My brothers and sisters, men should be humbled by the responsibility Allah has given them. It is not a point or a statement of arrogance that Allah has given me responsibility to provide for my family, my wife, my children, and therefore I am better than everybody else. No, that's what shaitan said when he was disobeying Allah, when Allah ordered him to prostrate in front of Adam, and he said, I am better than him. I am better than him were his words. When you assume you're better than anybody based on whether they're man or woman, there is a problem. The problem is in the mind. There is a mental crisis among some men who behave like this. I call them, or at least I call upon psychologists to go and treat them. If you think your wife or your woman, in other words, woman folk as a whole, are somehow inferior to you, let me refer you to the psychology unit as soon as possible. Allah says in the Quran, O mankind, O humanity, surely 
we have created you out of a male and a female and have made you into tribes and nations so that you will get to know one another. Indeed, most honorable amongst you is the one who is most Allah conscious. Now I want you to imagine Adam السلام, when he was created first. If Allah did not create Hawa with Adam, what would have happened? Adam would be alone. Allah's design is not for Adam to be alone. Allah's design is not for human beings to only have a male presence and not the opposite female present or only female present and not male present. Allah's plan isn't that. Allah's plan is to have man and woman together as partners on this earth. Only for a purpose of their creation, he says, is to worship him. To devote their life in service to Allah and making this earth a better place. So Allah created all of us with man and woman as the core foundation of our society. If Adam was on his own, we'd all come to an end. We'd be extinct. Actually, we'd never be because Adam would be on his own. There would be no children for him. So Allah designed Adam in such a way that he would be inadequate without his female partner or a female would be inadequate without her male partner on this earth. We would be inadequate. Remember this. So if you look, at, look down upon female as somehow inadequate to you, if you feel that women are inferior to you, there is a psychological block. There is a problem in your mind that you need to sort out. Nothing can sort it out unless you, my brothers and sisters, wake up to realize that that is your duty and responsibility. Secondly, let me tell you something else. I am indebted to my mother. I don't know about you, but I am indebted to my mother. For what she has done to me, without her, I would not be. Men cannot imagine what it means to be pregnant. You cannot imagine, you can imagine maybe in your wildest imagination, but you cannot feel or understand what it means to have a foreign body, a human being growing inside you. From a small clot of blood which alters our entire being, how many nights and days has she been sick in the early stages of pregnancy Allah only knows how many days she has felt her head spinning her body going out of control and yet out of love and compassion she was patient she was patient and she was patient as I grew bigger and bigger inside her I started kicking her I started prodding her I started probing her I did all sorts of things inside her stomach I did somersaults a day and night when she wanted to sleep I disturbed her sleep throughout the nine and a half months of pregnancy. I am indebted to my mother for bearing with it through thick and thin, through hardship and difficulty. My brothers and sisters, which men have you ever heard? Stay up whole night or become sick because somebody else is inside their belly. No men ever have experienced it. So if there is anything you can do to honor that experience of your mother, Honor your sisters, honor your wife, honor your daughters, honor your nieces, honor all women of all parts of the world generally. Nobody else can ever give you that experience except our mothers and all female who go through this experience. Brothers and sisters, that, it doesn't end there for them. A mother would have 
suffered nine and a half months of pregnancy and then she would give birth and birthing process could kill her she could die 303,000 women every year die out of birth complications did you know that? there's nearly half a million women die every year out of complications at birth how many men have you ever heard ever dying because they were giving birth to anybody? Zero. None whatsoever. The comparison is incomparable. It's not even worthy of mention. They risk their life to bring you up on this earth. To deliver you. And they could die in that process. Brothers and sisters, not only that, they give you the start to life that nothing else could compare. They give you disease fighting, infection busting, immune system developing, IQ gathering, your life nurturing, elixir of life called mother's milk. Nothing can compare to what Allah has given a mum, a mother, to that natural milk that she gives to the child. If the child doesn't get it, it is said that the child will suffer throughout its life, in its strength and in its efficiency to fight disease, infection and all the other. In fact, its own IQ development is impaired if the baby does not take mother's milk in the beginning. My brothers and sisters, which men have you heard ever do this? Which men have you ever heard giving life nurturing, disease fighting, infection busting, IQ developing, life nurturing milk to their children. Nobody, no men can ever do it. None. It's not comparable. Brothers and sisters, mother's stories don't end there. Then they stay up every day throughout early days of your life. No matter what time of the night or the day you are up, your mother is there to feed you. I remember when my son Ibrahim here, he was little, and I said to my wife, why don't you sleep tonight and I'll look after him, I'll give him some milk. She said, are you sure? Yeah, inshallah, I'll do it, do it, no problem. So she said, he will wake up six times at, the night, at night, six times. Imagine that. And every time he wakes up, you give him milk. I said, okay, no problem. Brothers and sisters, in the morning when I woke up, I told my wife, he's a very good boy. He only woke up three times maybe. I gave him milk and he was okay. My, my wife said, no, he woke up six times. He just slept through the remaining and I woke up. No matter what you do as men, I'm afraid you cannot compare with what mothers do for their children. In fact, before the lips of the baby even opens to cry for milk, milk rushes to their body. Milk is ready, waiting for it to pour out to the mouth of the baby. And this is what Allah has given as a ni'mah, as a, a connection between a child and a mother. Only a mother can tell you. A father can never experience anything like this. And then, all throughout life, she teaches him how to read, how to write, how to walk, how to talk, how to eat. Remember, when your little child was holding his spoon, forget the spoon, he had all his hands and his legs in his food bowl, putting food in his mouth and his nose and his eyes and ears. He didn't know where food was going. Mother was attentively teaching the child 
how to eat. Your first food came from your mom. Your first lesson of how to eat came from your mother. How to walk. When you fell down and scratched yourself and cried, she was the first one to run to you, to wipe your tears, hold you and give, her, give you a hug. And that hugging and wiping your tears never ends. Even if you are the president of the country, if your mother is still alive, she'll still worry about you. She'll still run to you. She'll still wipe your tears. She'll still give you a hug and she'll still love you as a child. My brothers and sisters, women are our mothers. Women are our sisters. Women are our wives, our daughters, our nieces. What can we do but to honor them? Tell me. What else can we do but to honor them? I want to ask you to keep this in mind. At the depth of your heart. Because without it, you will not honor any woman in the world. And if you dishonor a woman, you're dishonoring your own mother. You dishonor a woman, you're dishonoring your own mother. Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, please tell me, ever dishonored a single woman in any part of his life, in anywhere, in any space he ever came across, any woman. Please tell me one woman who had complained that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam dishonored me. Please give me one example, none whatsoever. The enemies of Islam have written many books against Islam. And to this date, they have not written a single book about Prophet Muhammad Wasallam's character. They have written, but false and fake one. No authentic tradition ever indicate, historical fact ever indicate, the Prophet Wasallam ever dealt with a single woman in any other way but with respect and honor. His milk mother, Halima, when she came to visit him, he got up and he took his own shawl off, put it on the floor and told her to sit down. And the companion said, Ya Rasulullah, who is this woman who deserves such an honor that you took your shawl off? What did he say? My milk mother. When the companions asked, Ya Rasulullah, who has more right over me? He said, your mother. Who has more right over me next? Your mother. Who has more right over me next? Your mother. And then he said, your father. Fathers have not been forgotten. But proportionately, he has given more to the mother, three times more for a reason. Your mother gave birth to you. Your mother nurtured you, fed you, taught you, became your teacher, carer, educator, inspirer, your counsel, your comforter, your solace, your protector. Everything in one, it's called your mother. And mother is a woman. Do not ever dishonor a woman. Do not ever dishonor a woman. May Allah forgive us for any dishonor that we may have done to any woman in any part of the world and make us understand and respect our woman adequately as our Prophet Muhammad and his companions exemplified in their lives. Thank you very much. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir raheem Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا حبيبنا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد. My dear brothers and sisters, I was talking about 
honoring our women, our ladies, our mothers, our sisters, our wives, our daughters, our nieces, women in general. We have a cultural crisis in our community. Some of our behavior when it comes to treating our woman has nothing to do with Islam. It's more to do with our cultural upbringing. A few days ago, we had open mosque or visit our mosque event, as you probably have heard. Many non-Muslims, mashallah, came to our, mas our masjid and masajids across the country. In this masjid, a group of non-Muslims came and one lady, a couple of ladies asked me this question directly. They said, we really like this mosque, it's very beautiful. We also like the fact that there is space for men and women. But why do you have a screen in front of women? Why is there a barrier over there? And do women have to see the imam on a TV screen or on the gaps of the screen that is in front? My brothers and sisters, my answer had to be authentic, genuine and true. The authentic, genuine answer is it has nothing to do with Islam. You don't like this? That's okay. No problem. But take it from me. This barrier has nothing to do with Islam whatsoever. Prophet of Allah did not have one. In his masjid, men prayed at the front. Prophet was on the mihrab at the front, speaking from his pulpit when it was needed, and sisters were at the back of the same hall. At best, historically you will fi find that they created two doors for entrance and exit because the number swelled and more and more people came to the masjid. But they never created a barrier or screen or a wall. They never banished their ladies to a broom cupboard far away from the mosque, barely audible using inadequate audio system in most masajid. We're very fortunate our system is fantastic. But there is a barrier here. And non-Muslims asking me, I told them this has nothing to do with Islam. This has everything to do with the cultural preferences of some of our people. So my brothers and sisters, let me ask you a question. Which cultural preference would you like to live in Britain? You're Libyan, you're Pakistani, you're Mauritian, you're Somali, you're Arab, you're Iraqi, you're Bangladeshi, you're Sri Lankan, you're Nigerian, you're Sudanese, you're Malaysian, you're Indonesian. Which cultural preference should we adopt in Britain? Which country of your ethnic origin should prevail in its cultural domination in this country? Please tell me. None. Islam only. Because when there is cultural plurality, that is Islam. Allahu Akbar. This is what Allah says in the Quran. I've created you in men and women from a man and a woman and created you in tribes and nations so you'll get to know one another. What takes precedence, my brothers and sisters, is Islam, not your culture. I am not denouncing your culture. You can have your culture and celebrate it. If it contradicts Islam, then you should leave that which contradicts Islam. But go ahead and celebrate Islam in your own cultural expressions as long as it doesn't contradict the essence of Islam. No problem. But why impose your cultural preference on a universal masjid where people of all background come and your own cultural preference has been imposed. Why? There is a cultural crisis in our community 
when it comes to the way we treat our women, and unfortunately, that prevails. I went to a program of, at a university, a prestigious university in the UK, where kids are, our children are going to expand their brain, to expand their horizon, to become doctors, engineers, teachers, philosophers, physicists, chemists, the leaders of tomorrow. In that university, Islamic society, they were holding an event. That event, they had one side for men, one side for women, and there was a curtain right through the middle in the university. So I asked the organizers, can you please tell me why do we have a curtain here? Well, brother, that's a sunnah. I said, please, don't desecrate the sunnah of Prophet There is no sunnah like this in the Prophet's time. Where do you find this? Oh, we prefer it. I said, okay, you prefer it? Fine. Let me ask people who are present. Brothers and sisters, please put your hand up to, uh, to, to show me how many of you prefer this arrangement. Two hands up. Two hands went up. Everybody's hand went down. Two hands went up, everybody's hand stayed down. So two people have imposed their way on the rest of the population because of their own cultural preference, not because of Islam. So I said, wouldn't it be better, my brothers, those two of you who prefer to have a curtain, wouldn't it be better for you to have a curtain behind which you sit and everybody else sit and enjoy the lecture in an open public space, which is halal, and listen to the speaker and ask questions and engage in an adequate way. No, brother, we can't do that. But if it, you can't do that, where will I stand as a speaker? Should I sp stand on the brother's side or sister's side? You know, this is an absolute irrational behavior as far as I'm concerned. There is nothing like this in Islam. What Islam provides is a neutral space where man and woman can publicly interact in halal space that is a masjid, what is not allowed is for them to be private in a private space. Your own cultural preferences is not allowed. You can choose it for yourself. Don't impose it on the mosque. So I'm giving you an example or examples of how we have allowed men to dominate a particular way, often excluding our women. I went to a masjid not that long ago. I hesitate to call it a masjid, where my daughter and my wife were prevented from praying their asr prayer because the mosque management said there is no space for ladies in this masjid. Did you know, according to scholars, such a place should not even be called a masjid? A place that excludes women, excludes women, according to the scholars, is not even a masjid because masjid cannot exclude anybody from praying, man or woman. My brothers and my sisters, I want you to be very, very clear. Quran and the Sunnah is clear about this. You may not be. We need to honor our woman, our sisters, our mothers, the teachers of our children. I can hear people murmuring. If you dis dislike my words, please don't murmur and disturb other people from listening to khutbah. You have a difference of opinion? Talk to me afterwards. Don't murmur in the middle of the khutbah. Please listen. Prophet ﷺ did not make distinction between man and woman when he was teaching them. Prophet ﷺ did not exclude our sisters from his masjid when he was teaching them. Prophet ﷺ did not exclude them from asking questions. Prophet ﷺ had them in the same masjid asking the most embarrassing questions. And yet he did not exclude them. We have become a people who think 
We think we're superior and more knowledgeable than the Prophet of Allah sallallahu May Allah forgive us and protect us from such thinking. My brothers and sisters, your cultural preferences, keep it to yourself and keep it in your own houses if that's what you like. Can I tell you the honest truth? Do you know a number of Muslim boys and girls who are leaving Islam because of our rotten cultural imposition? Do you know how many? In the thousands, our boys and girls are leaving Islam on a daily basis because of cultural imposition. Islam is beautiful. Your culture may not be for them. You should thank Allah if they embrace Islam. You should not worry about the culture from where you come from. You like it, celebrate it. No problem. But don't impose it on people. Honoring our ladies, honoring our sisters means we provide them adequate, equal access to the masjid and the imams and the teaching facilities so that they can also grow like men grow in their knowledge and their piety so they can become the adequate teachers of our children for the future. You entrust your wife to look after your children and you don't want her to have access to the imam, access to the masjid fully. Why? My brothers and sisters, not only do we see cultural imposition, but there is also an Islamic cultural prevalence that we see in our society that stems from some of our subcontinental culture that comes from other religions and other practices before we became Muslim in our ancestral times. I am begging you, I am begging our community to wake up and learn the Quran and the Sunnah and see how Prophet Muhammad treated women. I am asking all of us to learn, not impose your cultural preferences. And I am asking you to honor our sisters, our mothers, our wife, our daughters and our nieces so that they can be honored like Allah has given them honor. وَأَخْرِ الدَّعْوَانَ أَنَّ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. My brothers and sisters, we all are indebted to our wives. I am. If it wasn't for my wife, the way she brought up my, our children, I think my children, our children would be lost long time ago. And I should show my indebtedness to my wife every day. She cooks for me. She cleans my house, she irons my clothes, she keeps my house ready and warm, welcoming and friendly. She picks up my children after school, she drops them at school. She is not only a wife, not only a mother, a housekeeper, a cleaner, a cook. Do you want me to go on and give you a list of things she does for me? My carer, everything. I should be indebted to her. What a funny way to show your indebtedness to your wife by saying, hey, don't come to the mosque. You stay at home. What a funny way. What a funny way. What a funny bunch we are. Brothers and sisters, this is why imposed segregation, imposed segregation creates alienation. Take the example of Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, as a woman, you're not allowed to come out at all unless you are niqabi until recently, but before, it was completely not allowed. You must have a mahram to go anywhere, etc, etc. That was the society they created. I remember when I went to Umrah, got on the plane, 
went. On the way back, I was on the plane. Halfway, I looked around and I could not recognize the plane. I could not recognize the passengers on the plane. Majority of the ladies who were wearing niqab and uh, abaya had taken them off. Now they're wearing jeans and t-shirts. And I asked somebody, what happened? They said, well, they're coming to England. Imposed social order is, this is what happens to society. As soon as a small crack of freedom comes, they run away from Islam because you've made Islam appear rotten in those people's lives. You've made hell for them because you've imposed and curtailed their freedom. Allah doesn't curtail anyone's freedom. Honoring woman, it requires my brothers and sisters, you treating your wife, your daughter, your niece, your children, all women like you would like to be treated with respect and honor, with freedom, with access to places to grow, to become more spiritual, to become closer to Allah, access to the masjid like you have. Our masjid is beautiful because our sister's space is there anytime any sister wants to come and pray. She is welcome to Allahu Akbar. Which other masjid will you find similar to this? I want to see every masjid in this country open to our sisters in the same way. I went to Blackburn the other day. If you're from Blackburn, forgive me. There was no space I could find for sisters to pray in a masjid. They told me in Blackburn we don't have such facilities. Apparently there is only one mosque that allows sisters in. And there are hundreds of mosques in Blackburn. They have a different mosque than the Rasulullah's masjid. They have a different mosque than the model of Prophet Muhammad My Brothers and sisters, honoring our sisters requires that mind change. So my elderly uncles and younger brothers who are uncomfortable with the words I've said, I challenge you, I challenge you. Bring the evidence to show, bring the evidence to show that they're not allowed in the masjid. Bring the evidence to show that they cannot be equally treated like man should be. Bring me the evidence that says that they should be discriminated. Bring me the evidence to show that Prophet Muhammad treated them in any other way except treating them with honor and respect. I will say sorry to you. I'm standing in front of you right now. You cannot show me one evidence of such a nature. You can bring me your cultural evidences. Yes, I know. You can bring me books I've read where there are da'if, mawdu', fabricated lies of hadith that is attributed to the Prophet Muhammad which contains misogyny, which contains chauvinism, discrimination. Nothing to do with the hadith literature. According to the majority of the scholars, those are da'if, weak. Those are mawdu', those have been fabricated by people to justify their own way. Don't bring me such nonsense. Bring me authentic evidence from the Quran and the life of the Prophet of Allah My brothers and sisters, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. I have a wife. I have a mother. I have three sisters. I have many nieces. I wouldn't want anyone to discriminate any of them ever. I wouldn't tolerate anyone treating them as second class citizen ever. Would you? Would you? No. So let Muslims become the champions of showing respect and honor to women all across the globe. Let us become the champion who show respect and honor to everyone, regardless of their gender or their color or their nationality. Honor us with your honor, Ya Allah. Honor us with your honor, Ya Allah. Honor us with your honor, Ya Allah. Ya Arhamur Rahimin, empower us so that we can treat our ladies with honor and dignity, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, change our thinkings of ignorance and convert them and change them into 
thinking of enlightenment, Ya Allah. Enlightenment based on Quran and the Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enlightenment based on your beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu life, Ya Allah. Ya Akramul Akrameen, Ya Rahmanul Rahimeen. Give our sisters, our mothers, those who have sacrificed everything that they have to bring up next generation of human being with the best of this world in the hereafter, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect them, Ya Allah. Ya Alhamdulillah Rahimin, grant them with the highest of paradise, Ya Allah. Give them the same honor that you gave to Aisha radiallahu anha, the same honor as you gave to Asia, that gave them the same honor as you gave to Maryam, give them the same honor as you gave to, gave to Khadija radiallahu, radiallahu anha. Ya Alhamdulillah Rahimin, give them all the honor that you gave to the great woman of the world, Ya Allah. Ya Alhamdulillah Rahimin, Ya Akramullah Rahimin. Remove the barriers that we create for against them, Ya Allah. Remove the barriers that we create against them, Ya Allah. Ya Arhamur Rahimin, Ya Akramul Akramin. Free our society from prejudices, Ya Allah. Free our society from discrimination, Ya Allah. Free our society from our rotten ways, Ya Allah. And restore amongst ourselves peace and tranquility, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna inna kanta samul alim. Wa tuba alayna ya maulana inna kanta tawabu rahim. Inna Allah ya amuru bil'abdi wal ihsan. وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة. Please stand up and make the line straight.